all those things and so much more Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor Sit back, relax, recline While she drops another casual line You're tuned in to Casually Molly With Molly Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. As you already know, I am your host, Molly Ambergie. I guess, though, for people who don't know, here I am. Uh, You can see the handle if you're watching on YouTube. Follow us at the Casually Molly podcast. Uh, I interview comedians, artists, entertainers, you name it, every week. But this week, I am very fortunate to have Carlo Pietro Sanfilippo on the podcast. Give it up for Carlo, everybody. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for coming. Thanks I for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, actually, Grace, oh, look, we've got Carlo underscore blog, right? We're very, we're very professional around here, so. Nice. <laughs> Carlo, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, if for people that are newly listening in, what should we know about you? Okay, well, so I'm a new author. Mm-hmm. That was my first book ever. Uh, for 26 years, I had been a financial planner and was a dad and all these things. And then about a decade ago, my life went through some turmoil. I I lost my parents, I got divorced and all these things. And I took a step back through all that and uh, began to live more intentionally and do the things I really had wanted to do when I was a kid. Okay. And I wrote a story about that and started a podcast about that. And it's still, I'm still, my life is still transforming as a result of the things I started, you know, a decade ago when I went through this what I call like a winter of life. Oh, oh, I like that. I yeah. actually, we're going to get into that in a second. <laughs> okay. Grace, for those of us watching on YouTube, can you pop up the cover of Afterlife? All right, here we go. This is a great cover art, by the way. Who did the cover art for it? My publisher helped me find, yeah. I, don't, I don't know who the actual person was, but she, okay. she worked with a, uh, a graphic designer and, and gave, her, gave the person a synopsis of the book. Mm-hmm. And they gave me 10 or 12 options. And I saw that one. It was just like, that's it. Because that's how that's that. It's called Afterlife. Yes. It's a little. It's sometimes people are like, was it a book about dying? Right. Well, no. Which <laughs> is right. weird. But but that's. I felt my life was so changed. I felt like the old Carlo was was gone. Yeah. Like so many aspects of my old life just didn't make sense anymore. So yes. it made sense to me. Mm-hmm. And and you know. But yeah. but that's that. I saw that book. And I'm like, that's how I feel. That's. That's how I, like, I'm seeing life the way, I, I'm seeing a life that is, that feels fun and engaging and exciting. Well, I, I wanted to give you props on that really quickly. And then how do we, how do we find it for people that are looking at, like, they're looking at it, they're like, that cover's engaging, that what you just said sounded very engaging, where can we look for it? Well, there's all kinds of information about me, the book, and the podcast on uh, www.carloblog.com. Mm-hmm. And the book is for sale anywhere you would buy a book yes. amazon barnes and noble all that kind of stuff absolutely yeah. i just want to make sure we got that plug in just because i always like to start in the beginning where can we go how can we do this so that way we can unfold into all the gritty details in a Sweet. second so well i appreciate you coming on like i said um earlier i always like to interview people and i i find it very interesting that um you started a book and a podcast what started first was like the book kind of grew into the podcast just give us from the very beginning you were kind of you said you went through some turmoil sometimes people use like like I told you I do comedy and theater and I kind of use that artistic endeavor and 
path to kind of unfold things in my life as well. But why writing? Why use a book for that? Okay. Well, I had, again, so I had, I had been a, a financial planner for 26 years. Mm-hmm. And as I made all these changes from the the, the dark period I went through and I started to live my personal life more intentionally, I saw how I, I didn't like a lot of aspects of my industry and my business. So I was trying to re repackage the service that I gave or provided to people. And so I, did, I made a lot of changes in my business and, and I wanted to start articulating that. I had a blog for a while and I, I wanted to do a podcast. Well, if you know, in financial services, there's this thing called compliance that yeah. makes everything very, very, very complicated and difficult. And mm-hmm. and I kept going in round, round circles with them about you know well, you, the, the, about how it would work. And finally, the, the the compliance officer said, "Well, this sounds like you could really do this as what's called an outside business activity. So something completely separate from the business." Which is so I thought. Okay, at first I was a little frustrated because I was like, "I want to do this for the business," but then I realized how much more freedom that gave me. So then I sat down with a friend of mine who had helped me a lot with my blog for the old business. And she really tried to help me articulate my message and who's this for and all that kind of stuff that I'm I'm terrible at and not good at. And I realized I didn't have a clear focus of what I was trying to say. So she sent me to another buddy that's also good at that kind of thing. He goes, well, you know, sometimes people write books to do that. I'm like, well, maybe I could write a book. And so <laughs> another friend of mine said, well, I know, I know someone that is um, a book coach. So you should call Nancy. And Nancy is a book coach, and she helps people with non- nonfiction books. So I called Nancy, and Nancy helped me pull these. Literally, I felt like I've never given birth. <laughs> but it felt like she pulled and delivered this thing from me is the sure. way it felt like. Like yeah. she really helped me. She gave me the faith in myself to do it and helped me articulate what my thoughts were. And so then, then once the book was done, as she was doing her final editing, then it became, became clear to me, like, ah, I want to do a podcast about other people's lives and things that they're doing. And how did they get, how did they get this? Because I'm not trying to be a guru or a coach or anything like sure. that. I just want to give examples of people that are doing fun things and living the life that they want. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, that's that really leads into my next part and question on here. Um, I haven't finished the book yet, you guys, but I got to tell you, I am glued. Like I said earlier, before we started recording, (laughs) I am so glued to your journey. We talk about the journey a lot here for people who are familiar with the podcast. I, I relate to it, and I'm sure a lot of readers do, too, because we're all on a journey and I'm in the same kind of not similar place, but I, well, maybe similar. I'm trying to think of the right words. See, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do too. And it's hard to focus on that. But when you're trying to figure yourself out, that happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And seeing somebody else write out their journey and how they're turning their turmoil into some really positive aspects of their life. What really touched me was that for the first couple of chapters I've been reading in, you had something about the room of requirement, (laughs) which you made a Harry Potter (laughs) reference on. I really appreciate that. And you took something like, a, was it a fireplace mantle? Uh-huh. And you turned it into an entertainment center. Right. And even something small like that, which really wasn't that small, I'm sure it was a lot of work that went into it. You took something that people would be like, oh, that's trash, that's toxic, we don't need that. And you made it into something really beautiful. Uh, should we expect that throughout the next chapters of the book? <laughs> yeah, well, so a little bit on that. Like, you know, I, I moved out. I, when, I, when, I, when I got divorced, I moved into a, a place by myself, and I had, you know, my books, my furniture, uh, my clothes, 
No, furniture. I had one piece of furniture, an armoire. Yes. So my books, my tools, my clothes, and the armoire. That mm-hmm. was it. Yeah. And I borrowed a card table. I had no furniture, so I had this big empty space. And so yeah, I decided, I, through a long, through a series of things, I decided to make, make my own furniture. And that was really just, I had all this. So I didn't have my kids. All of a sudden, I went from being a full-time dad to, like, my kids weren't with me half the time. And it was, it's, you know, people always talk about being free, whether it's retirement or whatever it might be. But it also can be very scary. Right. Because like all of a sudden I had all this time and I'm like, well, I could do anything, but, but what, what do I, what do I, what do I, what do I want to do? I haven't, I haven't had that as a choice for so long. Mm-hmm. And so, and I was sad because my, my, my mom was sick and all these other things were happening and I needed something to channel that energy into. And so through that process, I learned to kind of trust myself and that I, that I could have a good idea and that I could follow through on something and that I could make something and it was fun. And so I, the rest of the book isn't about furniture, but it's about right. things that sprang from that. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like that's, I started doing improv after that and then improv led to, you know, me going to Italy and becoming an Italian and all these kind of things. So Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's very inspirational to me because what you mentioned and I feel like a lot of people – Um, You know, we focus a lot about the entertainment industry on this podcast, but I feel like anybody in any field probably feels like, you know, I have other interests. I have other things that I want to do. And there were people, I'm sure, where you were like, oh, I'm going to a life coach. I'm doing all this stuff. And they're like, are you changing? Like, are you changing careers? Are you giving up a practice? And I'm always blown away by how you building a piece of furniture or you having an interest in Italian means that it's like oh well you're you're gonna be somebody else now like do you do you find it kind of uh different that people are always like trying to box you into one place and i i don't know i feel like you're really defying odds with this book mm-hmm. to not be boxed in and do something else do you feel like you've kind of reached out on different limitations you probably had in the past you've been kind of touching on that a little bit yeah so it was really interesting where there were some people from my old world that really embraced it mm-hmm. and were really excited and supportive yeah. and, and like, wow, I didn't know you could do this or I, you're learning Italian or you're doing this, you're doing that. And, and some people, and, and at first I was hurt by it maybe, yeah. but like that were maybe weren't supportive or maybe were judgmental or maybe dismissive or whatever it might be. Um, and I really realized it's, it was like, People never, people always respond to you with whatever's inside of them, whatever fear or whatever they, they don't maybe, and again, so that's there. They had kind of a preconception of who I was and how I fit into their world. And if all of a sudden I'm doing those things, then I maybe well, what does that mean to them? And right, yeah. But then what I discovered is the more that I really start following my heart, then I started. Then then I meet new people that were like just thrilled, like oh, you're excited. This is exciting, and 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 they were happy. I don't know. They were just they just saw me who as first they that the person that was showing up then to them was who I was. Yes. And so there was no that judgment or trying to confine me or, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting ride. Like some, some people really have a hard time with it. Just, you know, I, I didn't have a beard five years ago. And so people really got freaked out by that. Just really, just wow. Cause I, cause I'm, you know, and the funny, you know, I had, and this in the financial service industry. So I dressed and had my hair cut and everything sure. like, like you'd imagine, Anyone in that, and I'm and I'm going to be done with that field in in March of this year. Oh, uh, March wow. of next year. So yeah, like, I knew what you literally, meant. Literally, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> what year is it? Yeah. yeah. 
But I started, the more I kind of got in touch with who I was and what I wanted, I started dressing the way I wanted and growing my hair the way I wanted. And it freaked some people out. Wow. Yeah. Because this is me. I actually considered you very well dressed when I came in. I was just like, okay, he's got a beard. I was like, this looks like a nationally acclaimed author, which you're going to be after this podcast episode. Sweet, sweet. (laughs) Which speaking of, um, so Carlo was very kind to you guys and he gave me a signed copy of the book. And it happened to have a cute, uh, I say cute as in very accomplished gold stickers here that says Indie Excellence Winner. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I won. There's a, it's a, that organization has been around for 15 years. Okay. And I won for the personal growth category this year. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Now, I, that, wow, that is really touching. I'm glad that you did that. That That's amazing. What an accomplishment, for sure. See, you're dressed to be an Indie Excellence winner. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, publishing a book was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I was done. about to ask you, how was that process? Yeah. Like, first it was hard just to write down, because it's, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. And you've read, you know, you've, so like, and... Um, it was hard writing it at first, just knowing my publisher was going to read it. My, she was a publisher editor. Yeah. And the two, so then after about three or four chapters, something clicked in me and it just started flowing out. And she goes, I don't know what happened, but keep doing that. And that felt good and it was reaffirming. And so then, then we finished it. And one day she goes, okay, that's, that's your book. And there was about 48 hours, 48, 48 hours where I was just kind of terrified. I'm like, I can't. The imposter syndrome stuff kicked in. I'm like, yeah. who am I? Who am I to put this out there? Nobody wants to read mm-hmm. my stuff, and nobody cares about what I have to say, and all that stuff. And then finally, my brain was like, that's the that's the message you're trying to give people is it's okay to try something new. It's a, it can be scary. And so then I was like, okay, I'll 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 do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I was actually so last night I was telling Carlo I was reading this, and I always try to read a little bit before I go to bed, and that's exactly. What I really appreciated about your book was even two chapters in, I've been reminded, and I, I do try a lot of new things. Like I told you, I do this podcast, I do comedy, but I was like, oh, you know, there's a lot of other things that I, like we talked about the Italian heritage. I was like, I'd love to look back on my family and see where things were. Um, so you're always, that's very inspirational. Thank you. Uh, speaking of the Italian heritage, why don't you touch a little bit, since we've got your full Italian name on the, uh, <laughs> the cover of this book that you should get wherever uh, books are sold. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about exploring your Italian heritage? How did that come about? Well, you know, so when I grew up, uh, Carlo, I've, I've only met one Carlo in St. Louis in, mm-hmm. my, in my whole life. You yeah. know, the whole thing of having, and my last name was just, crazy hard for everybody right and, and then the, all the things that kind of go along with that of just like well we're, I always kind of made to feel a little weird yeah by my name just because because of I don't know the people in St. Louis had never heard that before so that's so I always felt a little I don't know not sure what to think about that part of me and and my my, my parents got divorced when I was young so my dad was never around so I really didn't understand and but when I were when we when we were together like so many like children or grandchildren of immigrants, he was like, well, you're Italian. And I was like, you're a little kid. And you go, okay. And then you look at a map and you're like, that, but what does that mean? What, is it, what does it mean to be Italian? Right. So when he died, um, uh, I, I made a decision that I wanted to dive into that 
side of me. My, I had studied German in high school and college, and I could speak German. And I took my boys to Germany, and I was like, you know what? This I can. This is fun. Why don't I? Why don't I learn Italian? And so um, we started diving into, and I told you we mentioned um, diving into getting Italian citizenship. Yes. And so that's a whole fun process because you have to get all these documents. And I didn't. I didn't know a lot about my family's history, so I'm reaching out on Facebook to cousins. I'm like, do you know if Grandpa was a citizen or when he came over? And they, I start getting little bits of information from these different cousins, and one of them said, hey, there's this guy on Facebook that's from the town where Grandma and Grandpa are from. So she told me this guy's name, and I sent a request, and he responded back. And so he's, I didn't know any Italian at that point, so he, and he knows zero English. So he's sending information to me, and I'm using Google Translate, copy, paste, and then type it in there, copy, paste. And that's how we communicate. And yes. so he's asking me, like, who are you? Who's your grandfather? You know, who's your grandmother? Where were they from? And finally, he gets enough information. He goes, okay, I, your, your grandfather is my dad's brother, so I'm your dad's cousin. I live in the house your grandfather was born in. You should come visit. Wow. And so, oh, my God. I can't wait to get to this chapter. Go ahead. Yeah. So, and we had planned, we had, my sons and I had planned on going there the next summer anyway to, to Italy and they live in Sicily. So I'm like, okay. And so, but he's like, he, no, no one, none of the family spoke English. The younger generation did, but the, the people like my parents' generation did not. Mm-hmm. So I crammed as much Italian, I hired an Italian tutor and crammed as much Italian in my brain as I could. And then we get over there. And in three days, we met 40 cousins, got interviewed by the, it was like a little bitty, like 25, I think there's 3,000 people in this town. So yeah. like the, the newspaper came to interview us. Oh, get and, out. And That's so cute. <laughs> like one of the cousins was like, who are you again? And I explain, explain, explain. He goes, oh. So my grandfather came over 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. This guy said, you're the grandson of the brother who left and never returned. They, It's still like a thing, like family there's some stereotypes that are just true. And yeah. like the, 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 the way I've been embraced by people in Italy as this, this guy who's come back to connect with his roots and meet his family and learn the language of his grandparents, it's beautiful. And, they, and they, 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 especially the family, they were so excited to meet us. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it was, so that was the beginning of me learning Italian to connect with them. So That's fan- that is actually really interesting because sometimes I think people forget today and I, I say that as a generalization, but we didn't have social media back then. Like all the people I know in Italy, I can just go on Facebook, we like everything, it's all the people. But just to connect, you forget like, oh, that's right. Like people at one point immigrated to America and maybe didn't see Ever again. some of these people again. So that's the history that we, we leave behind. And it's so important. And I love that you highlight that in your book and in your podcast to search for that. Even if your heritage is German or Irish, like it's so interesting to look back and see where your story began because it doesn't just start with us, which mm-hmm. is what you talk of, like you kind of referred to a little bit in here. Uh, but speaking of your story, you touched, uh, you touched about a uh, vulnerability. Let's talk about the improv shop. So when you were, uh, or when basically when you started improv, you said you ended up at the tin can one night. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How was that? Okay. Well, um, so I was in the midst of like in my furniture building days, building all yes. this stuff. And uh, a buddy of mine, Mike McGuire, who um, he does comedy sports St. Louis. Yes. I was like that name. I don't know if I met him in person, but that name sounds super familiar. Yeah, Very yeah. St. Louis there. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So, <laughs> yeah. so he, 
he called me, and he used to call me all the time when I was married and be like, hey, come see a comedy. He did stand-up comedy for a while, and yeah. he started doing improv. And just because we had little kids and all this stuff, I just never was like I – was, I was always just kind of conditioned to, be, to say no because I knew, I knew it just didn't work with whatever was going on. Yeah. So he called me, and I'm sitting at home alone on my couch – you know, I was done working on stuff for the day. And he's like, you should come see an improv show with me. And I had no idea what improv was. And I was already formulating why I couldn't go. And then I just sort of had this like out of body experience looking down at myself, sitting in this empty room by myself. And I thought, dude, you're never going to ever meet another person if you keep, you know, playing Skyrim by yourself in the evening. So, <laughs> right, yes, so I yeah. said yes. And Mike came and picked me up. I had no idea. I had never watched whose line is it anyway? I had no idea what improv was. So he took me to the tin can and watched a show. And I remember just looking at the stage thinking, I don't, I don't know how they're doing that or what that's all about, but that looks like fun. Mm -hmm. And so Mike's like, you should sign up. So he was doing, he was doing some short form classes. So he, we signed up and I started doing that, did that for a year. And then he was, he was so supportive. He's like, oh, wow, because you're really good. You should you should take classes at the, at the improv shop. I think you'd like the long form. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I did that. Because so, trying something new. Why not? Exactly. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> And then I was just in the mode of like, oh, well, I could do this. Well, what if I did that? What if I did that? And so each thing like led to new experiences and meeting new people. And I wouldn't be sitting here right now if I, wasn't, if I hadn't done that, right? Yeah, absolutely. All those things that happened because I, I said yes to something, so... See, and that's what I love about you. And I, like I said, it was such a good reminder because sometimes in life you are conditioned to be like, oh no, like it's fine. And sometimes I don't do it all the time, but I do fall into it at some point. Like I'll be like, uh, you know, maybe I shouldn't. But then I sit at home and I completely regret. I'm like, do I really need to be in sweatpants from 07 right now? Like I should be out like <laughs> trying something new. Yeah. So that's what I love is that you, again, you put it, and also I'm a nerd. I love to read. Not that you have to be a nerd to read, by the way, but <laughs> I do. I just love that you have it in book form, but you also, speaking, we are on a podcast, you partnered it up with the podcast. So I know you kind of touched a little bit about it in the beginning, uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Okay. Well, so, so yeah, when I, when I finished the book, and while Nancy was editing it, I I just started thinking about the podcast again. And I'm like, I want to dive into, again, I'm not trying to be a coach. Right. But I want to provide examples. So I thought the best way to do it, and I started thinking of all the different, all the fun people I've met at the improv shop and while traveling and in, in Italy and in Germany and different places around the world that all have fun stories. And I'm like, wow, what if I could, what if I could figure out how to just, talk to them and get them to tell their stories to help people and bring on other guests. Like I've had a psychologist on, on the show I've had, or a therapist mm -hmm. and I've had um, two life coaches. And um, uh, last week I interviewed someone that is, um, she's a change specialist. Oh, like has, she, I haven't heard it yet. What is that, by it, the way? Just uh, to touch on it for a so minute. So she has a company that helps nonprofits and then also a coaching service to help individuals look at like look at their lives and what are they trying to do and create this mission statement to, to make the change that they want to make. Wow. And like, so yeah, the whole, the whole point, sometimes I, one of the things is like in order to do certain things in our life, we have to sometimes maybe stop doing one thing and start doing a new thing. And that's scary. And then people in your life may judge you and reject you. Some, yeah. some of the people you really love might like turn on you in some weird way, you know? And so ha learning, having the tools to, to do that and having a, having a group of people to support you 
uh, is important. So I, that's 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 what I'm, I decided to do with the um, the the podcast. It's just have examples like that, and then as soon as I can travel again, starting next year, I want to go on the road and like I want to be able like maybe again that's why I'm ending my career with financial planning. I want to be able to spend three or four months at a time in Europe, just traveling and or taking classes or I might enroll in the university over there and study and then just I mean you just do something like that you're going to meet fun and interesting people Mm -hmm. and then find out what what's their story why do you make olive oil or why do you why do you make parmesan cheese or you know someone that's an artist or whatever it might be yeah yeah so that's what I want to keep I want to keep and again I promised myself I'm going to do it as long as it's fun and then you know, furniture led me to improv, which led me to Germany, which led me to Italy, which led me to book. So I don't know where it's going, but I'm going to keep following that thread. Yes. No, I, I like I said, I know you've been saying this a lot, but I really do admire that. Um, what I loved about, though, with the podcast and stuff, and I think that's where you and I can relate on is that, you know, you're picking different people. Like, that's why I messaged you. I was like, you seem so interesting. And I just like it's and I'm not trying to be like, you know, a guru or a teacher, but I'm like, I want to share Carlo with people. And you're sharing yourself through the book. What I always kind of wonder when you're writing a book like this, that is like so um, very touching and very meaningful. How do you choose between all these moments in your life that really meant so much to you that you put in these different chapters? Mm-hmm. What's your process? <laughs> well, um, that's I felt overwhelmed by that. Right. I was like, I, you started. It's all kind of like you start thinking about it. And it all just feels like a jumble. Right. And so I hired you know, Nancy Erickson. She's got a company called The Book Professor. Okay. And her job is she helps people write nonfiction books. So I went through her process, and at the end of the process, I had a, a map, which the, the map was like each step was a chapter. And so like, you know, the chap, the chap, chapter one is about learning to trust yourself. And she, she goes, what's, what's an issue? How, how did you resolve it? And what's, an ex, what's the, uh, like a story that, that kind of supports that? So we, she helped me lay that all out. And once that was laid out, that w- it, was, it felt like it was just coming out of me. Like I would go to the you know, Fiddlehead Fern, yeah, I used to live right up the street. Really? I went to their opening. I love that okay. place. Yes. <laughs> I live like right by the park on I like down this yeah. So yeah, I live really close get to that. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I would that was my routine is I'd get up and I'd walk down there and open up my laptop or sometimes my iPad and write until I couldn't anymore. So maybe a, some days it was an hour and some days it was two and a half hours and um and just wrote until it was done. Yeah. yeah. That's how I used to write my plays. I would go to the Fiddlehead Fern and I would do we have, we're going to be new best friends, guys. We have so much in common. <laughs> Trying something new, new yeah. friendships. Okay. But yeah, not to make this about me. Continue. Yes. <laughs> no. But no, that's, that was it. And, and um, I just met with Nancy last Friday. Like, I've, I've, like I'm have I'm 80% done with an outline for my next book. What? Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so when the outline's done, then I have to write the chapters, of oh, course. Well, but of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, I, like I said, I... I'm inspired by it, but I felt the same way because I'm reading through all these stories and everything. I mean, you did a great job. Everything was very like cohesive. I felt like everything flowed really well. So that's why I was just curious how you curated all of that together. It was probably such a process for sure. Yeah, there was she because I really love. I always loved to write as a kid and in high school, but I never like it. Just it, it felt like, it felt like. Well, that's just an easy class. Mm-hmm. 
I never, no one ever said you're good at this. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, I just, I'm like, well, that's an easy class. I got I need to focus on these other things because they're the hard ones. No one ever said, well, if it's easy for you, maybe you're good at it. And yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, no, you know? yes. And it was, you know, year, decades later that I started to write again. So, yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's, again, that's, that's amazing. I also love that you did a shout out to the Fiddlehead Fern. I haven't been there in a minute and I loved that place. She always used to make the best cappuccino. So that's why I was like, oh, I miss, now I'm gonna, are they open back up again? They're or? open, yep. Yeah. And then uh, Darcy is the owner over there. And she's, she's, she, we're trying to coordinate a time to do like a, like an author reading. And uh, yeah, cause I, cause like I used to go in there every day and I would get the same thing. Like mm-hmm. uh, I get this, this bowl of eggs with like vegetables nice. and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a cold brew. Yes. Unless it was below about 60, then I'd switch to something hot. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I never, I was afraid to like say out loud that I was writing a book. Mm-hmm. Like, because I just, I thought, well, what if I don't, each time I wrote a chapter, I'd walk back feeling really good. I'm like, well, what if that was it? What if, what if I can't write the next one? Because I just was afraid that it would stop because it was flowing so much. It felt like, it felt like it, it's going to stop. Like right. um, there's going to come a point where. I won't be able to write the second, third chapter, or the fourth chapter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I never told anyone there that's what I was doing. So finally, when it was done, I, I saw Darcy one day. I'm like, hey, you remember when I used to be there like every day for a year? She's like, yeah. I'm like, I was writing a book. So She's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, that was fun. It was fun. Oh, very cool. That, I mean, that's just, wow. That's just so impressive. And then now where do you record your podcasts too normally? Or do you just do it from home? Do you go to a studio? How, what's your process for that? Yeah, I've been working with Shock City Studios. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly where that is. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Harris is my audio. Oh, okay. You know Rich? I was like, I know of him. We've never, again, never met in person. And then um, I don't know if you have Sam Mall. Mm, I've seen him do stuff know. too. Um, Jeannie Latow Mall, she's a photographer okay. and that's her husband. So oh, okay. yeah. And so I always see him. Oh, is he the owner? Um, you know, I don't know. Okay. We'll find out, Sam. If you are the owner, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just kidding. But I uh, I see him post things about there all the time. I see a lot of people in St. Louis. Are they newer or I don't know how long they've been open. They do a lot of a lot of bands go through there yes. and they do some podcast and yeah. then they help me with my audiobook. Like, oh, it's not nice. done yet, so it's it's recorded. I have to listen to the whole thing, yeah, and with the book and like make sure I didn't mess up anything. Yeah, and that's been like, at the end of the day, you don't want to hear your own voice for an hour, right? <laughs> that's what's so hard about having to listen to these episodes is like I loved listening to you, and then I'll hear myself. I'm like, why did I laugh here? Or like, why am I like, yeah, like it's so annoying. But it's all about Carlo, you guys. Buy this book, okay? <laughs> yes, yeah, so I understand. I was about to ask, like, how I was thinking, you know, if you do an audiobook, but obviously shouldn't be surprised you're doing one. What what goes into that? How do you do that? Whew, that was exhausting. Yeah. So just like reading a whole thing about your whole life and then just making sure it's clear and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I talked to some, some people's like, no, you absolutely shouldn't read that. That's for professional voice actors. And I had other people I know that like, no, it's, it's you, it's you, it's your, it's your story. You've got to, I'm the second group. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it, if it would, if it had been like a, a fiction, Maybe then, mm-hmm. you know, for but, characters. Okay, so and then I'm, I'm like, well, I've done it. I've done. I've done a. I got to be in a commercial. I got to do some different things. You know. Okay. Yeah. So I I played a dad showing his son around SIUE. Oh, 
cute. Yeah, so, okay. <laughs> I'm sure that made some people enroll. There we go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Give some royalties over to Carlo for yeah, anybody yeah. that's, you know, in the right. class right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, the, I mean, the audio engineer, I, I, he had a copy of it and I would read it. And sometimes he would say, nope, you didn't say that. Mm-hmm. You or you said this instead of that, or you switched those words around, or I don't think the emphasis was right on the end of that sentence. It, it was really, good. I mean, like just very meticulous in the best way, so yeah. that because you really wanted to be the best. So because so then I would read, if a sentence was perfect, then that was good, and then if I messed up the next one, we would only have to go back to where the beginning of that last sentence was. But the first session we booked three hours because I'm like, all right, I can I can do three hours. After two hours was my limit and so it is it's voice acting and so i was just tired i could by the end of two hours i was uh, having a hard time concentrating on reading even though it was something i wrote i hadn't read the whole thing since i wrote it you know and that was it was almost a year afterwards so um it was it, it was i'm glad i did it was a great experience but it was really tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I was know? about to say, as a stand-up comic, sometimes I'm tired after 20 minutes, and I'm like, oh, I got 10 more to go. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah, I, I understand. I understand the feeling a lot. Yeah. But what a cool experience, for yeah. sure. That was a fun experience. And so, yeah. So, so yeah, Shock City helps me. I, I used to do every episode there. Mm-hmm. But my goal, like I said earlier, was trying to be able to do them on the road. Yeah. So I've been practicing I did that with my business too. Like I've been practicing remote. So now I do everything remote or, um, and I want to be able to eventually, like I said, get some really small equipment. And then if I'm in Rome and I meet an interesting person, we just sit down and do an interview or find a studio wherever I'm at and things like that. So I'm trying to like, they're, they're doing my editing, but I'm still trying to like, I'm trying to be a, I don't know an on-the-go yeah. podcaster. So. No, that, that makes sense. Because even here, there was a, when I interviewed Tony Roberts, he was having a show at Helium, and I knew I wasn't going to be here because I was going to be in Cincinnati, and Tony was with his family in Detroit. So what we did with the studio here at Midcoast Media, just a quick plug, was that um, we did a virtual one, and I was in my dad's study in the basement, right? <laughs> which I have not been in for years like so i'm like it looks like so sophisticated i've got these like books in the back it's like all my shakespeare like books from high school and stuff and like tony's like at his house in detroit but we made it work and you know it was the same thing it's like you know tony's got a schedule like he fit me in on sunday i was able to do it so i don't blame you at all for feeling that because you never know when inspiration strikes not trying to make it a cliche here but it is true yeah um as speaking of being on the go do you have any i know you said you want to travel moving forward but um do you have anything coming up that you'd like to let us know about being on the go at all or for any podcaster anything coming up or if you're just here do you have any podcast guests that you want to highlight that we should listen to on the podcast yeah well i was hoping i was supposed to be all right in in dublin ireland late august early may because uh, my older son got into graduate school there Oh, and so well, I was going to like congratulations to him. Yeah, Very cool. I'm super excited. So we we're, were supposed to get, he's going regardless, but I was going to go with him and help him get moved in. Sure. And there was a couple of people there I wanted to talk to. But then like the 26th, whenever that was yesterday, Sunday, uh, they changed some of the rules for quarantine. Oh, so yeah. it mm-hmm. might be that I would go there and have to be in quarantine the whole time. Yeah. So we're kind of waiting. So if that doesn't happen, um, 
the soonest I would be there, what I'd have enough time to do interviews would be October of 2022. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I want to go. I found a fun way to, to learn Italian as these immersion classes. Yeah. And they're not, they're not expensive and they're fun. And then you can pick a subject that you want to learn about, which makes it even more interesting than like in school, if you took a foreign language, I was like, I didn't like language because you're, you're conjugating verbs and you're, it's, it's all kind yeah. of like artificial. Like mm-hmm. I remember my German, Peter wohnt in Hamburg, you know, like, <laughs> you know, right. like, you know. Yes. but um, I'm going to, there's a, there's a, the one I want to do in Rome is art history, but you're learning Italian. So oh, wow. you spend the morning studying Caravaggio. And then learning the vocabulary around some of his works. Then you, like, in the afternoon, take a field trip to see that painting and then talk about it with your teacher about that. Very cool. Yeah, so I, I want to do that. That's what I'm going to do in October. That's why I'm going to be there. Oh, very, very cool. Um, I know you, like, you went over and beyond. I was thinking, like, on the go, like, where are you going to go? Like, in St. Louis, what's happening? And you're oh. like, oh, I'm going to Ireland. I'll probably <laughs> right. be in Italy. I'm like, I need to have these kind of goals, right. guys. No, I was just that. No, that sounds great. For me, I'm always thinking on the go. I'm like, what am I going to do next? What am I going to, what, what's going to happen next? But you seem to have, like, a really clear picture of what you want to do. Do you get that a lot? You know, I for something that's about a self journey. You seem so sure, but that's what's so interesting about this book where you were like, I went through all this heartache and turmoil to get to where I'm at, but you just seem so put together. It's like you are, it's, <laughs> it's great. No, for me, why I say that is like, you know, for somebody like me, like I told you, I'm trying to figure out who I am. Do you, I was about to say like, how does it feel to know that you're just such an accomplished author and you've well, got all these things going on for you? <laughs> you know, I just, I just feel grateful. That mm-hmm. I'm, I feel grateful. You know, I never would have asked for those things to happen. Yeah. I mean, like in, you know, what, four years, you know, my mom died, my stepdad died, my dad died, and I got divorced, and I moved. And, you know, just there's all these things all in this period of time. I never would have asked for those. Yeah. But that broke down my defenses, broke down these things. The, the the whatever was in me that was trying to force myself to be what I thought I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm grateful. I never, I, I, if, if I was on the backside of it again, if I had like, would I, would I ask for that? Mm-hmm. No, but I'm happy that I'm on the backside of it because, because when I, I took time to really think about what I wanted and then every time I was able to take action on that, it led to such fun and beautiful things that now it's like I can't I can't imagine not not living like that and it's I hate it it feels weird saying that out loud like I feel like no and I kind of forced you to do it I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) I forced you to be vulnerable with the question I just asked okay Okay. (laughs) it it just it feels it feels just you always know, like when people say, oh, I had, a, I had a feeling that that was not a good relationship. I had a feeling that that wasn't the job I should have been in. Yeah. And sometimes it's two, three, four, five years later, then they're finally out of it and like, oh my goodness. It, it, and again, it's not that I'm perfect or I make all the right decisions, but I'm, I've become much better at, at listening to that voice like really quickly. Yeah. And and then at the same time, I've kept this, the practical side of me of like, well, how do I build a plan to do those things? Well, what do I, what do I have to give up 
in order to pay for that. And so I've, I've really used like the, my, the financial planner brain of my part of my brain to like, to, to get things out of my life that weren't bringing me joy or that were just, I was spending money on and simplify my life so that then I can do the things that I want to do. Yeah. 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 That's what I was wondering. Cause I was like, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you, you know, you're very intelligent. You have a great way with words, which again is why he wrote a book. Guys, make sure you get afterlife. <laughs> um, and you know, it's amazing to think like, you know, I would meet you not even knowing your story. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like I had no idea he went through all this stuff to get to where he is. But you know, again, it always goes back to the foundation and where you start, which speaking of foundation, you know, I'm sure you're family oriented. You've got your sons. How do they feel about, uh, you know, you doing this book and this podcast and going on all these, you know, this new journey in your life? You know, <clears throat> that's been the, that's been the greatest unintended joy is because for so many years, like, 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 and I'm not saying divorce is the answer, but it was for me. And I was, unhappy and I thought that I needed to stay married for my kids and you know I had this experience with this therapist that let me know like well you're creating this archetype and they're likely to repeat that and that just scared the that scared the heck out of me yeah <laughs> you know? yeah and so when I I took a little step and a little step and a little step and a little step and and they've they've come along with me with such joy and I've seen them well just my my son go into school in, in Dublin and the things that they're studying and and and, and it's it's impacted their lives and planted seeds that you know decades from now will will change the their, the direction of their life and not you know it's it's just again it's not I'm not saying divorce is the answer for everyone. And I'm, I'm not blaming, you know, any, you know, my ex-wife for any part of my oh, life. Of course not, so yeah. it, what's, what's great is though, is like, they get to see me, uh, they get to see me like Carlo, like the other Carlo was a, was a facade of, 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 of a, I talk about living a half life. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't speak my truth. I couldn't, I couldn't speak my truth to myself. And so they get to see that. And I know, I know they've, I know I've, just the things I've seen them do. And uh, that's been the greatest joy for me. It's like, I'm not, I'm not telling them you should do these things. They, they're getting to see me do them. And then they're trying and coming along with me and that kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really beautiful thing. I'm sure you talk about it in the book too more. I just haven't gotten there yet. Yep. So I didn't mean to spoil anything <laughs> in the book, but I just wanted to ask. And since I've seen things on Facebook and whatnot and social media, but speaking of people going the journey with you, why I think this book is very touching. And again, I talked about this kind of in the beginning, but to kind of round it out, I feel like anybody reading this is going to relate to this. Um, sometimes what I find with people who write a book locally or have a podcast, and I, I've had to learn this too, running my own podcast and whatnot, sometimes when you know people or you do have like a good net of people, you can kind of fall into the trap of, well, these people know me, and so you have like the 10 people that follow you. You know what I mean? Right. Though? And I say this as a compliment to you, as this is really gonna branch out to anybody in this country and the world, because we're all trying, we're all really trying to figure out 
you know, what should be yes. Like I, there's many times where I have that imposter syndrome, yep. um, even as an artist or a comedian or when I write a play, you know, I'll market all this stuff and social media is a great tool for that. But sometimes I'm like, am I putting in the work that I should be putting? And a lot of people, of course, are always like, oh yeah, you're fine. You have the people who believe in you. And, you know, some people are like, why are you doing all this stuff? Um, so I appreciate you with your vulnerability um, taking something like this as a foundation and saying, hey, everybody, you're not alone, which I think is like a really great underlying message in this is that we're all like you happen to were like, here's this facade of me. And now I'm starting this new journey. It started out with furniture. It went into improv. It went into Italian. But that's the thing. It's what we talked about earlier. It's that slow build Mm -hmm. into becoming who you want to be as a person. So I genuinely thank you, obviously, for coming on this podcast, but also putting this in a form and in a podcast where, you know, certain people are like, oh, I like reading better. I like podcasting better. I like both. You've reached people at every aspect. Uh, So what I always end on is what casual advice, which you've got a lot in here, (laughs) (laughs) which you can read this book anywhere, guys. Uh, But what casual advice would you give our listeners or maybe even to yourself that you know now? And it can be on anything. It could be learning Italian. It could be (laughs) being on the go, podcast, whatever hits you in this moment. What would that be? I have to go back to one of the the very first thing that helped me helped me kind of really set me on my journey was I worked with a coach, um, Ellie Richter. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. She's an amazing. Person. She's still doing coaching. It's just, but she, she said to me after several, several sessions, she's like, Carlo, you need to learn to have your own back and you need to learn to be your own best friend. Mm-hmm. And, 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 so I, that was the that was the beginning of me learning to trust myself. But that it, it's just her saying that sounded so foreign and so wrong and and so against everything because I you know this all the self sabotage and all the things that we do to ourselves. I, I just be my own best friend. What you know? No, my my happiness is in someone else or in another person or I've got to you know that I just I was always looking outside myself for that. So trust yourself. That was the first that was the first chapter. Trust yourself because. If you don't trust and love yourself, then you, you can't you can't go to the next step. You have to have that, and 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 then that then you'll if the people in your life aren't supporting that, you at least you have to, and then you'll find people that will also support you. So yeah, absolutely, that beautifully said. Uh, again, Grace, can we pop up the cover so that way people can see it one more time? If you're looking at YouTube. Uh, the Afterlife by Carlo Pietro San Filippo, Waking Up from My American Dream, is available Amazon and then Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble, mm-hmm. uh, and anywhere, any online, any any bookstore should have it and be able to order it. So okay, and then for the podcast, where can we find that? Uh, if you just go to the, it, it's on any all the platforms, Apple, yes. Google. But if you just go to carloblog.com, you find the podcast link, and that'll take you to all the all the fun places. Sounds good. Uh, Well, Carlo, we always say, again, thank you for coming on. And now that we're casually done recording, what are you going to casually do now with the rest of your evening? rest of my evening. Hmm, I might have second dinner. I don't blame you. What are we having? I don't know. (laughs) Um, I might just snack on some stuff. I went went to Parker's table. Okay. And I got uh, some, some good salami and cheese and... 
a Chianti. And yeah. so I might just snack. I had, <laughs> so I had sushi for my first dinner. I might have just some Italian for second dinner. Nice. Yeah. I was about to say, I only had popcorn for dinner, but this guy's living his best <laughs> life here. I'm probably going to go get some real dinner. Uh, just remember that you can casually subscribe to the podcast. Just remember you can go on Instagram at the Casually Molly Podcast, Facebook, stream audio, wherever streaming services are. And of course, you should subscribe on YouTube. Um, oh, I always forget to say this too. If you'd like to uh, casually review the podcast on iTunes, let us know what you think. If Carlo's episode was your favorite episode, which it should be, uh, let us know. And then again, just make sure to get his book. It was the Indie Excellence winner for a reason, guys. <laughs> well, Carlo, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. And we'll see everybody next week. Have a good one.